Hello and welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the consecration to St. Joseph. My name is Father Adam Potter and today is day six where we continue our journey with Father Calloway's book, Consecration to St. Joseph, where today we take a deeper look at the mystery of the Holy Trinity and in a particular way how St. Joseph can be called the father of the earthly trinity. If you've enjoyed this series, I'd encourage you to like, subscribe, and or comment. I had a great comment of someone recently who picked up on my love of St. Peter Julian Amard, and they said, Ah, I love St. PJ too. I said, who? (laughs) I guess uh, Peter Julian has a nickname, PJ, which I may or may not use today. Uh, With that said, let's pray, and we'll just... Start as we always do, invoking the Holy Spirit to open up our minds and hearts. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Veni Sancte Spiritus. Come, Holy Spirit, send down those beams which sweetly flow in silent streams from thy bright throne above. O come, thou Father of the poor. O come, thou source of all our store. Come, fill our hearts with love. O thou of comforters the best, O thou the soul's delightful guest, the pilgrim's sweet relief. Rest art thou in our toil most sweet, refreshment in the noonday heat, and solace in our grief. O blessed light of life thou art, fill with thy light the inmost heart of those who hope in thee. Without thy Godhead nothing can have any price or worth in man, nothing can harmless be. Lord, wash our sinful stains away, refresh from heaven our barren clay, our wounds and bruises heal. To thy sweet yoke our stiff necks bow, warm with thy fire our hearts of snow, our wandering feet recall. Grant to thy faithful dearest Lord, whose only hope is thy sure word, the sevenfold gifts of grace. Grant us in life thy grace that we, in peace may die and ever be, in joy before thy face. Amen. In the prayer to St. Joseph, patron of chaste souls. St. Joseph, father and guardian of virgins, into whose faithful keeping were entrusted innocence itself, Christ Jesus, and Mary, the virgin of virgins, I pray and beseech thee through Jesus and Mary, those pledges so dear to thee, to keep me from all uncleanness, and to grant that my mind may be untainted, my heart pure, and my body chaste, Help me always to serve Jesus and Mary in perfect chastity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, well, today today we move on to this great section of our litany. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. And in a great way, uh, we're prepped for this. We're ready. We've um, prayed for the Holy Father, we prayed for the Son, and we prayed for the Spirit to have mercy on us, and now we dive into the mystery of the Trinity, which I just remember studying in seminary and having my head 
hurt. And so this petition, have mercy on us, is very personal to me. Have mercy on us. Um, I'm thinking about the technical ways that the church, right, for just uh, centuries has tried to uncover and clarify what does it mean that God is one substance, one being, and yet in this eternal relationship with himself, three persons. And it was Thomas Aquinas, who I remember uh, was being taught in my Trinity class, and the professor finally got to the end of this intense class with all of these distinctions, and he said, so in summary, we have the Trinity that has five notions, four relations, three persons, two processions, one God, and zero problems. And everyone looked around like, what just happened? Ah! Right, have mercy on us. Here's this unfathomable mystery, and yet that has been revealed to us. And so, gosh, I'd love to point to someone uh, who has spoken more to my heart, and it's St. Augustine, who saw even from the first chapter of the Bible, this insight into the revelation of the Trinity, where God in 126 says, let us make man in our own image. And he looks at this statement of the creation account as being really insightful. Who's God talking to? If God is one in and of himself, how would he be talking in such a way of there's an us in our image? If there wasn't already hidden, and that doesn't, that's not a revelation of the Trinity, and yet we can see in that hidden, this reality of us being made in the image of God, who already from the first chapter is a community. We don't know how that how that works, right? But I just love it because even throughout scripture, we have this understanding of being made, not just in isolation. We come into this world in relationship with our mother and hopefully a father or some sort of family relation, right? Or our foster family or, and, you know, here we, here we have, I'm remembering Ecclesiastes chi, three, uh, Chapter 3, verse 11. But did I just say chi? Chi. <laughs> Chapter 3, verse 11. That God has placed eternity into our hearts. So being made in his image means that we have hearts that are made for this relationship with God. This love that the world can't give. And here's this idea, right? That this slow unveiling of who God is only comes to its fulfillment in the word becoming flesh. Right, with all of the hidden, uh, subtle ways that God showed that He's not just in isolation, but is actually a community of persons, it's only in the revelation of the Son who gives us insight that He has a Father and that He's going to ascend the Father and send this advocate, the Holy Spirit, that we have the revelation of the Trinity. Otherwise, it's beyond our speculation, it's beyond what our reason can come to. It's this gift of the revelation that God, for all of eternity, is this communion of love. Oh, what does that have to do with St. Joseph, right? Gosh, in a sense, everything. Because in this great gift of God revealing who himself in this unique way, Joseph was on the front lines. But more than just on the front lines, he was in the game. The unveiling of the reality of the Trinity was entrusted to St. Joseph, St. Joseph's protection. We can even appreciate that in a very real way, without Joseph being this guardian of the Blessed Virgin and of Jesus, there's a chance, there's a risk that God took that the Trinity would not have fully been revealed. 
if Joseph didn't do his part. So he's in the game and he has access to holding the word made flesh in his hands of seeing God grow in wisdom and stature and favor before God and men. It's just this incredible thing. Um, Here's what I was thinking about. John in this first letter described this reality of the Trinity, of coming to see love unveiled before us. This is 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Pause. I just think those words said by John the Beloved who rested his own head on the chest of Jesus, these words could be said by Joseph. And maybe he was looking for some words, not speaking much in the scriptures. And here he is that this God who was hidden and always abstract and beyond us, all of a sudden we came to be able to rest our eyes on him, to be able to look upon him, even touch him with our hands. The life was made manifest, says John, and we saw it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. And then he concludes and says, we're writing this to you, that our joy may be complete. Out of all of the things that can characterize Joseph, I said yesterday, freedom, I think we need to put joy right in there too. And it was this joy that was able to live out what John is describing, seeing God's revelation before him of this relationship with the Father in the Holy Spirit right before his eyes and being able to see a fulfillment of what his heart was made for, that God has placed eternity into our hearts and that his heart was able to be in this relationship with the divine second person of the Trinity. Oh, Joseph, pray for us. Holy Trinity, have mercy on us. Um, Here's where I'd like to move to this great quote of uh, St. PJ, who describes in this incredible way the gift of Joseph in this responsibility of having access to the earthly trinity. He says this, quote, Even here below, we can grasp somewhat the splendors of Joseph's heavenly glory. While Jesus lived at Bethlehem and Nazareth, there were two heavens. The heaven of glory above, where God manifested himself in all his beatitude to the angels, and a heaven of love at Bethlehem and Nazareth, where the Son of God revealed his love of men. And then St. Peter Julian Amard says, Personally, I think that of the two, the terrestrial, earthly heaven seems more appealing because here the Son of God suffered and manifested his love more and more. It had greater wealth because the word was both God and man. St. Joseph was the head of this terrestrial trinity and the owner of all the riches of this paradise. We can't forget that in the mystery of the trinity, there is never a separation of being, of the substance, of the divinity. And so, well, wherever Jesus is, There too is the Father and the Holy Spirit. And wherever the Holy Spirit is, there is the Son and the Father. And so to say that Joseph was entrusted Jesus can also equally be said that he was entrusted the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And it's in this way that we can like just have our minds blown away 
and marvel at this reality of Joseph seeing the Trinity unfolding right before his eyes. That's why St. Peter Julian Amard can say he had this abundance of riches at his fingertips. And here's just what's incredible, right? That it is. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, <laughs> that in the glory of the of the heavenly, the celestial trinity, being this glorious manifestation to all of the angels for all of eternity, that there would be something uniquely beautiful about the trinity being revealed on earth. And especially in the way that it suffers, in the way that it's able to show the personal, intimate way that it loves every single human person. This is something to sit with and to marvel at, that it's it's there. And in a particular way in the family, where uh, we can see a, an earthly trinity between Joseph and Mary and Jesus that is in a, a loose way, analogous way, this image of the heavenly trinity. And all families fall way short of this, right? And yet, just to appreciate in this incredible way how the family is able to be a communion of persons, where ideally in this love, in these loving relationships, communion is able to be strengthened and fortified, especially through suffering and forgiving and through being able to overlook my own selfish desires and interests and preferences and to be able to have deference for the other person. Pope St. John Paul II has this great letter to the families and he says this, The family, which is founded and given life by love, is a community of persons, of husband and wife, of parent and children, of relatives. Its first task is to live with fidelity, the reality of communion in a constant effort to develop an authentic community of persons. The inner principle of that task, its permanent power and its final goal is love. Without love, the family is not a community of persons. And in the same way, without love, the family cannot live, grow and perfect itself as a community of persons. End quote. We'll say more about this whenever we talk about Joseph as being the head of the Holy Family. And yet just to appreciate in this way that it is in the love that Joseph was able to have for Mary. Mary was able to have for Joseph in that love that was so ordered towards the divine second person of the Trinity made flesh before them in Jesus Christ that we see this glimpse of the eternal life of God <laughs> who eternally is in this communion uh, Trinitarian communion of love. Last thing. Mother Teresa, in her Nobel uh, Peace Prize lecture in 1979, she says, love begins at home. And it's not how much we do, but how much love we put in the action that we do. And this is just a, a great thing to, to end on, right? And whatever our, our home situation is, whatever our family situation is, just to consider out of all of the things that we can do was revealed through God, through the Trinity, through the Holy Family, and in the words of Mother Teresa, no matter what we do, it all counts for nothing if it's not done in love and truly by the love that we were made in the image of. And so 
or whatever our family situation is, maybe today we can just turn to St. Joseph and ask for his intercession to really put this love of the Trinity into action in a way that we wouldn't think of ourselves as much as we would think about the people around us, the way that we would seek mercy over um, any other sense of uh, selfish, self-righteous justice, or that we would seek a true harmony, a true communion, and beg for God's mercy in all of it. So with that, let's pray our litany of St. Joseph, asking his intercession for these and all of our intentions. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, hear us. Christ, graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, pray for us. Joseph most courageous, pray for us. Joseph most obedient, pray for us. Joseph most faithful, pray for us. Jo mirror of patience, pray for us. Lover of poverty, pray for us. Model of workmen, pray for us. Glory of domestic life, pray for us. Guardian of virgins, pray for us. Pillar of families, pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted, pray for us. Hope of the sick, pray for us. Patron of the dying, pray for us. Terror of demons, pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church, pray for us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, who in your loving providence chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your holy mother, grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Through the intercession of St. Joseph, our blessed Mother Mary, and all the angels and saints, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, well, so good to be with you on this sixth day. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd ask you to please, again, like, comment, subscribe. Um, and also, if you're interested in learning more about Dry Bones Ministries or supporting us, check out our website at drybonespgh.org. Let's keep one another in prayer. Day six, we're cruising along. We've got a long way to go and a lot more to dive into in these glorious mysteries of who St. Joseph is. So God bless you all and St. Joseph.
pray for us.